Welcome back to New Money this evening. We're discussing investments. My guest is David Shapiro. You can email me on brian at bdtv.co.za. And I'm going to the next email. David from Walter in Port Alfred. He says, my share portfolio has not been doing well in South Africa as I'm not in gold and resources. Should I sell some of my underperforming stocks and now going back into these sectors? Sure. Into resources. It's a tough one, Brian. I think we've seen the best in resource prices. I I actually think that resources will uh, level out you know, we've seen the volatility in the oil price. Platinum price is now below a thousand. Palladium's been coming down. I think I think the areas probably copper and lithium. You know, it's the batteries. It's 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 really those uh, those um, resources or materials around the manufacture of batteries that is going to tr- that will attract attention. Lithium, cobalt, nickel. I think are going to, and copper to an extent are going to be the the, the metals of the future. So. Um, I think you'll do okay. I would, you know, BHP, Anglos are going to be all right. But um, outside of that, I'm not sure where I'd be in commodities. Um, so it's, you know, mo- you're going to buy commodities, buy them in small quantities. Don't go, you know, don't build your whole portfolio around it. But the other worry is that, you know, on the local market from uh, the economy is going to slow down as well. And we might have seen the best of some of the, um, you know, some of the local uh, portfolios as well. Um, you know, it, it's a concern for me that we're probably going to flatten out. So I'm not. I'm. I'm still trying to make up my mind on on the SA market. You know, there, there's still some great picks in in the smaller caps, but you've got to be very, very selective where you go and and what you buy. But it's not an easy market. You know, South Africa Inc. is not an easy market to trade in. David, one, com- one warning that I should give viewers is that if you go into small caps, make sure there's liquidity because you can, oh, yeah. buy, you can buy small caps. We've seen that. And then if you want to sell, very difficult sometimes in the falling market to get out. Yeah, it doesn't only apply in South Africa as well. You know, we saw Docus- DocuSign, which is, DocuSign, which is one of the shares of the 2020, was a wonderful company in which you... Uh, you know, you can sign documents electronically and suited lockdown. On Friday in New York, it was down about 42% after giving a, not a profit warning, just saying guidance, things are slowing. So, you know, those, those low liquidity stocks, some of those half lives, you can take punishment as well when, when, when things go wrong. So, yeah, do your research. Absolutely right. Just if you're going to buy a small cap or a medium cap, know the company better than the, bigger, than the bigger ones. Yeah. Then I've got an email that just came in from Leanne in Clarksdorp, which I want to answer. She says, are government bonds safe and good for income? Well, as I've always said previously, banks do not bail out governments. It's governments that bail out bank. And if you're looking for income, the one alternative is government retail bonds. So let's understand. Mm-hmm. Two-year government retail bond paying 6.75, three-year government bond 7.75, and a five-year government bond 9.75. You can draw monthly income, m- income monthly, and also you've got a guarantee on your capital. Whereas if you start buying is, is, um, um, is, uh, government bonds, you've got to understand. You've got a higher rate of interest in the longer-dated bonds, but you've got a risk to capital, certainly if interest rates are rising. Don't David, what are your comments at the moment on government bonds? Oh, you've, you've summed it up beautifully. I think you've summed it up really, really well. You know, at the moment, at the long end of the market, as you were talking about, 
you said that uh, you know, rates are very attractive. You can get over 10% at the moment in, 10, in, in like 12, 15, and 20-year bonds and that. But it does come with a health warning. You know, and, and um, it's, if you hold to maturity, you're going to get your money back and you're going to get a very decent return. But along the way, it can become uh, quite volatile. So dead right, you know, and those are risks that you bring. I'm, I'm positive on them, you know, and, and the fact that you could trade them at the moment, I, like, I quite like long bonds for, for yield. But it's not something, you know, it's something you've got to watch all the time. You've got to manage that risk uh, carefully. And especially in volatile times, you know, things, it can, it, it, it can bounce you up and down. But um, I, I agree. I think the one thing that is right, Brian, we're getting very good returns on bond markets here, on sovereign bonds. Uh, something that you can't get in the rest of the world. You know, we are at an advantage compared with the UK or in America where interest, where short interest rates are zero, you know, or Europe, you get zero. You know? And if you buy a 10-year bond, you're lucky if you get one and a half percent. So, you know, we're a bit fortunate from that point. David, I mean, you see corporate bonds, right, even giving yeah. much higher returns. Uh, would you, would, is there a caveat there? Um, not really, you know, if you've got a good bank, if you've got a good fund manager, somebody who understands risk, you're okay, you know, they, they, they spread that risk amongst uh, a lot of corporate bonds, they know, they know the issuer, in other words, they know the company, and, and generally these companies are, are uh, you know, uh, blue chip businesses, so I, I, th I think it's one area. Um, that you can do well here. And, you know, on the fixed interest side, I think there are a lot of options available to you. Options, I mean, products. And, uh, you know, products that are run by good houses. So it's, it's, it's an attractive area. Okay, well, Justin in Bedford View, while we're talking income, says, do you see a recovery in both prices of property funds and a return to reasonable income distributions? Oh, that's a hard one, Brian. It's, <laughs> well, Dave, you know I, I, never, mean? I never planned to give you an easy knot. I know. You, you know why I can't make up my mind? I'm still cautious. Um, I, I'm still very cautious. You're probably at the bottom end of the market now. You know, and, and, and again, I think you've got to be uh, very selective. I looked at Vakili's numbers, which came out, and they were superb. They really, it's a well-run business. Um, it's got the shopping centers that are... Uh, not the main, you know, our regional ones um, doing very well because people are going to their local shops to shop, you know, to go to the chemist or supermarket. They're, they're doing well in Spain. And it's you're probably getting a pretty good return now. It's not going to blow the lights out. But um, I, on the other hand, I don't think uh, you're going to see much more downside. So understand where you're getting it. I think on the not industrial side, but on the office side, I think there's still a lot of strain taking place now. So there's no rush to get in. I think you will get, you know, opportunities will arise which will open up for you to come in. So just, you know, if, if you're not 100% certain, then don't go in. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? If you don't feel, if you haven't done your research and you don't feel comfortable, then stay out for it, you know, for the meantime. It is a difficult area at this point. So, David, you've spoken about uh, maybe the capital side. What about the income side? Can you see, I mean, we, we had great returns up to two years ago. Yeah. Then we saw returns dissipate. And now the question really is, can you see, I mean, if this is a good time to buy for income or, one, or, or really more buy but, for a bit of capital growth? You see what worries me? Well, you hopefully you get the capital growth. What worries me is that, it is income and therefore you're fully taxed on it. You know, unless you've got it in a vehicle, 
or um, then, then, you know, where you don't have to pay tax. But broadly, if you're getting 6 or 7 or 8% and you're going to pay full tax, it, it reduces that quite dramatically. And that's, that, that's, that's what concerns me about the risk, uh, the risk factor. And will those returns keep going up? You know, because that's why you go into REITs, is that uh, you get this increasing yield or increasing distribution. It, 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 for me, it's early days. Uh, we're, not, we're not out the pandemic. We haven't seen the, the, you know, the economy returning to full strength. And even when we do, we get, it's going to be a different shape. Not everybody's returning to the office. So you've got a lot of work to do you know, if you are going to go into, this, uh, into, into the market. And I think if you're going to go in, maybe go in where some of the companies have got decent exposure um, you know, offshore um, and, 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 and look there. But uh, it's, it's, it's an area where you need a specialist, and I'm anything but a specialist in property. Yeah. David, Anthony in Tongard asked a very interesting question. My offshore portfolio is almost 95% in equities. What other investments can one make globally to diver- diversify some of my investments out of equities? <laughs> That's me. I'm, I'm, he's only 95. I'm 100%. <laughs> uh, so, I... I, you know, and I'm 100% not because um, I'm an equities man, which I am. I just find at this stage going into bonds at a time where rates are going to rise is, is a bit risky. And also the yields are particularly low. Uh, property or gain is too early and, and you've got to be an expert to understand property. So you've got other things like hedge funds and private equity, but you can incorporate that into your, uh, you know, you can incorporate that into your equity portfolio. But, you know, I'm still very happy with the equity market. We're, sorry, there must be diversity, you know, diversification. If it's 95%, make sure it's diversified and not all in, uh, you know, one kind of area. So by diversified in different industries, maybe in different regions, different countries, you know, make sure that, that it's, a bal- that it's uh, you know, that it's split. It's not just in one kind of segment. You know, you're not just buying all tech. Or, or something like that. So from that point of view, but otherwise I'm, you know, I'm quite happy with, with that kind of exposure. Dave, I smile because I remember your dad well, your late dad, buy gold. Mm. He had that badge, buy yeah, yeah, gold. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Brian, the difference there, and I, and I, I must comment because I, I, we were, those times we were buying gold mines. You know, when he said buy gold, he meant gold mining shares because each mine was a different entity. And what you did, we had a fixed price of gold. Remember in those early days when you came to the market, there was a fixed exchange rate $35. and a fixed price of gold. And therefore, your profits depended on how you mined the gold out of the ground, what grade, what production, you know, all those kind of things. And we got incredibly good dividend yields as well. You know, we were getting 8 9 10% dividend yields from those gold mines because it was a wasting asset. So it was a different industry at those days. And I say that's why when you buy, you know, there's a difference between gold and a gold mine, you know, and sometimes gold mines can be pretty good, you know, investments. David, thank you very much for joining me this evening. I really appreciate it. And although most understand that when investing, you need to have a long-term strategy. However, when markets start to fall, investments, investors suddenly have short-term memories. They look at their portfolios too regularly, which will result in disappointment and anxiety, particularly when markets are correcting. I'm reminded of Muta Wakal, who was the first woman from Morocco to win a gold medal at the Olympics for the 400-meter hurdles. 
When asked to explain her success, she described the 400 meters hurdles as the closest synergy to life. To quote, it's the longest hurdles race in the Olympics. There's a start and there's a finish. Between that, you have to get over, the, over all the hurdles. I often think that investors forget that investing is like a marathon and not a sprint. David, thanks very much for joining me this evening. <laughs> That's a great story, that. <laughs> it's important to note, yeah, it's note our program tonight is to provide information and should not be construed as advice. Next week's program, we'll be dealing with retirement and financial planning. And if you need to get hold of me, my details will appear on the screen. Thank you for watching and good night.